you're in a good mood? I'm in a great mood. No, you're in a good mood. I'm in a great mood. You're in a good mood? I'm in a great mood. Well, welcome to Corvallis News and Brews, where you come for the news. Stay for the news. I'm Marcus Wines. And I'm Anthony Lusardi. Welcome to today's news. Well, Anthony, uh, it's April 12th, Sunday, Easter. Hoppy, hoppy Easter. Hoppy Easter. Well, is hoppy that because we got some hoppy beers waiting for us later? Yes, we may have some hoppy beers. Well. But I really have been waiting all Lent to do that joke. It's been, it's a hoppy Easter, and I'm drinking IPA on Easter. That's really sad, bud. You kind of laid an egg with that joke. Ah. Uh, uh, but they're pretty excellent, wouldn't you say? Well, let's get on to the news, yeah, shall we? Yeah, we'll go on to the news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, kind of some unfortunate news at the beginning due to the whole coronavirus and the un or the inability, rather, to form a timeline of how long this is going to take. Most counties in Oregon are currently planning to either postpone or cancel their county fairs this summer. Quite unfortunate because I know there's Oof. a lot of fun now. Yeah. Getting to see all them animals. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting on the Ferris wheel. Eating bubblegum. <laughs> Animal farm? No, not animal farm. Animal farm. No, not that one. No, it's with the, the the animal zoo. Like you get to pet the animals. Oh, you mean the petting zoo? Dude, yeah, the petting zoo. Oh my God. Okay. Of course you love the petting zoo. I love the petting zoo too. I can't. Even talk. <laughs> this is alpacas and llamas. And... Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, that's that's not the only thing getting suspended. Um, Oregon State University's 2020 commencement uh, in Corvallis and Ben will be postponed until a later date, possibly to be held in the fall. Um, so the decisions keeping in with the university measures to help reduce the risk and spread of COVID-19 and its compliance with Governor Kate Brown's executive orders addressing the pandemic. If you're an OSU student, you've probably already heard this through email or um, in the barometer or local news. But for those you don't know, um, especially in the food service industry and for local businesses, this is a big blow. Um, this is, We are really expecting, we get so many people coming in for that are uh, usually coming every year for graduation. And it's going to be a pretty tough recovery. Um, to, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tough, but uh, we'll 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 get through it. You guys uh, are really going to miss that opportunity to pass a flask as you sit outside in the sun for six hours, too. God, I was really looking forward to that. Well, maybe you can do it in the fall. God. Come yeah. back just to college just so you can walk <laughs> again. You know, also coming from Oregon State, more unfortunate news, but this one, oh, man, this one punches this, me this right in the heart. This one actually does. Yeah, this one's actually pretty bad. So, because people have been abusing it, Oregon State has decided to continue to be in compliance with Governor Kate Brown's executive order and is taking down the volleyball nets near Dixon Recreation Center. But it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, because they're also locking the gates to Student Legacy Park, otherwise known as the IM Fields. The IM Fields. Yeah. How dare they? Well, you know what? Kate, Kate doesn't screw around. She does not screw around. She does her thing. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, like, good, good for her for taking the action. But my God, like the I am feels like that's that's close to home. I know that's, that's where I exercise <laughs> almost every other day. So obviously, it means you can't exercise whatsoever now. Uh, I'm gonna get fat. Yeah, I'm already kind of fat. <laughs> the government made me fat. Big facts. <laughs> well, what's going on with the elementary schools? Are they yeah, right actually, so it doesn't just stop at OSU here. Um, all schools in Oregon are actually going to remain closed for the rest of the calendar school year uh, due to COVID as well. And uh, once again, Governor Kate Brown announced Wednesday that it'll be um, it'll be a closure that'll last until the end of the year. Um, it's going to impact in-person classes. Uh, distance learning for Oregon skills, uh, Oregon schools will continue um, through April twenty eighth uh, due to COVID nineteen. So, um, yeah. So basically, everyone who's in school. And is learning from home, keep doing what you're doing. 
And for those who are looking forward to going back to school, you're not going to get that. So it's going to just be a long summer. Oh, my God. Inside. That Honestly, if you think about that, that's like a five-month summer. Yeah. Oh, my God. I never got that. <laughs> you know, you got to feel for the class of 2020, though. Like those high school kids getting ready to go on. They don't get their graduation anymore. Like kind of a sad, sad moment. But if you're that junior class, though, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Not only that, it's like... It's, you get your, you know, your, your, whatever, 100 days, oh, 104. Oh, Phineas and Ferb, okay, I forgot. Oh, my God, double it. <laughs> yeah, you get, like, unlimited summer, but doing nothing inside. Do you think they'll be building a rocket this summer? You know what? I don't know if the, I, if, if you can build a rocket this summer, and you have a lot of time, and you can learn a lot of shit on YouTube, go for it, you know, you impress know, me. Honestly, will that be impressive, but you know be more impressive? What? Fighting a mummy. Fighting a mummy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Climbing up the Eiffel yeah, Tower. That yeah, would be yeah. pretty cool, too. Those are some good ideas. Where do you get this from? You're like... I'm just a creative genius. Damn. Wow. We can find something that doesn't exist. You're right. But I would really challenge high school kids everywhere for the last thing is to give a monkey a shower. Oh, boy. Well, well <laughs> speaking of monkeys... Not from need, the petting zoo. Don't take it from the petting zoo. Not from the petting zoo. Fair <laughs> enough. You know, speaking of monkeys that need showers, going back to your thing about how uh, OSU's graduation commencement ceremonies postponement's going to hurt a lot of bartenders there's actually a really cool program that i'm sure you're familiar with by now but uh, a group decided that you know with a lot of waitresses and bartenders and servers in general not being able to work they're not getting all those tips that they rely on yeah and there's this really cool website it's called serviceindustry.tips and what you can do is you can randomly donate a certain amount to any server or bartender or waiter or waitress who signs up for this program and you can basically tip them from your home. Have you tried this yet? Yeah, actually, uh, I signed myself up uh, and you know what? It's uh, super easy. You go to this uh, serviceindustry.tips and it's very straightforward. If you work in the food service industry, you give yourself a profile. Uh, if you have Cash App or Venmo, uh, either one will work. And essentially what it does is there's an event going on um, April... Uh, uh, through April that uh, both Albany Corvallis are trying to promote and it's 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 literally just tipping your bar your local bartenders that have signed up um, give them a dollar every time you get a drink um, and just think of them as as you uh, as you're imbibing at home it's pretty easy and I'd suggest it for anyone who's in the food service industry looking for um, a way to make you know extra money and also get feel the appreciation of the community or if you're someone like me who maybe not actively works in the food service industry it's also a great way to give back and kind of help those people that actually make society go i mean i know i'm dying to get back into restaurants and bars yes. i know you i'm probably you're even worse than i am uh, yeah I'm, I'm itching but it's it's you know it's a good way to help out those people that we kind of take for granted for sure for tip sure. your bartender <laughs> yeah another good news though um and just how the community is just coming together adp along with uh, a bunch of other reg, uh, restaurants but i wanted to talk about adp for a second um is delivering not only pizza but beer, cider, and wine. Oh my god! With your order, so if you're asking for something, you couldn't get anything better. You literally get beer to your doorstep or whatever alcohol <sighs> beverage they offer to your doorstep with pizza. So, and it, and this isn't the only restaurant that's going in it. Uh, Tree Beers as well. As uh, there's a list of restaurants that have been uh, sending up for the service as well. So, you can order your beer from home. Get your favorite beer that you've had uh, when you go to class. And like me, and have a beer and a slice before your communication classes. You would never do that, though. <laughs> Drink before class, not Never, never. But if Except you want to have your Zoom class, Zoom? And, yeah, your Zoom class, and you have the camera off, 
can you always have a little something something you get ADP delivered to you get your pizza get your beer and it's right at your right at your doorstep home for lunch that's a good time right there that's a yeah really if you're 21, if you're 21. yeah disclaimer if you're not 21 don't do that that's bad you gotta wait we did too <laughs> well you know what speaking of things that have to wait how about we talk about something that people haven't been waiting to act on uh, all of you at home hopefully remember Colette Richter and the Corvallis Sewing Brigade. Well, yeah. in the last couple, or actually since the last time we talked about this, they raised $400. Yeah. That's incredible. I want to thank you guys for doing that because I know some of you, uh, at least the listeners, uh, thank you for reaching out and doing that. Um, she literally just uh, talked to me the other day and was so thankful for all of the promotions she got for GoFundMe. She got to make, um, uh, I think, 100 masks and is looking to make 300 total. I was going to say, she's got some ambitious yeah, goals yeah, going on. And honestly, it's it's been taking off. So I want to thank you guys for giving her um, donations and money as she's been able to do this. I'm so upset I haven't got my ninja mask yet. <laughs> I still want my Modern Warfare mask. Oh, good. Well, get out of here, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we're going to segue right into this. We're going to be talking with Paris Myers, a local artist who is painting with a purpose. How are we doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you? Doing great, doing great, thanks. I'm really grateful that you invited me to come talk about this because, um, you know, I was really, it was really awesome that you at times uh, did a wonderful story. The artist, uh, the writer, Patrick Fancher, did an awesome interview with me. It was wonderful. Um, but, you know, you can only get so much uh, conveyed through the written work, and, and I'm really glad to get to uh, talk about this with you. So, how long have you been painting? or be, I guess, assume the role of artist. Yeah, I have been painting since I was eight years old, formally. Um, so I, I just turned 19 at the end of March, actually. Um, but I started my eighth birthday present. Uh, it was a gift from my mom and my grandma, and it was my very first art lesson with a local artist, uh, Mark Allison, who is a phenomenal painter. He's a phenomenal color theorist. Um, and I trained under him for many years, all through high school. Um, and even when I started uh, college, I still, you know, would occasionally do lessons with him just to check in because he understood uh, my kind of creative methods in a way that was very difficult for anyone else to understand as mm -hmm. he had worked with me for so long. So going from, you know, 19-year-old artist to what, what made you go from artist to giving back to the community? What was that change? How did that happen? For the first thing is I'm really interested in engaging everyone um, regardless of their background or their politi self-identifying political, whatever, anything, you know. Um, that's really important to me. Food is a great unifier, so there's there's that. Um, <laughs> I actually had made this campaign called Canvas to Canvas to support uh, our group going out to Washington, D.C. to help pay for our flights where... I would make a painting based off of an environmental or social topic, and in return, uh, people would donate to the campaign so that we could get out to Washington, D.C. Uh, to kind of try and make this larger impact. Obviously, again, that didn't end up happening, um, but I had kind of dipped my toe in this thing called Fundly, which is like a Kickstarter, but uh, in my personal opinion, it's more user-friendly. <laughs> Sorry, Kickstarter. <laughs> um, so I was introduced to Fundly, and I had this familiarity with this campaign, and then I started seeing um, this kind of local devastation that was happening, right? So initially, I had introduced myself to this platform for a kind of national devastation, and now I'm seeing in my own community, like you said, people 
you know, my neighbors are losing their jobs. People I go to school with are losing their jobs. Um, their family members are in very compromised positions. And uh, I had my 19th birthday on March 28th. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, in this very unique position where I'm a student who lives uh, in Corvallis, right? So I go to Oregon State, but I also, my family lives here. Right, right. Like a lot of my colleagues, I didn't have to fly somewhere else and subject myself to that, subject my family to that. Um, and I'm trying to think, how can I use my unique position of knock on wood, um, this sort of uh, stillness right now in my own life, to help people who have a lot of uncertainty happening, a lot of devastation happening. Um, so then I revamped my entire strategy and I created paintings for produce. Um, and my uh, family and I have been kind of long-term supporters of this local farm gathering together, which is in Philomath, Oregon. Yeah, I'm familiar with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they are an amazing farm. The owners are amazing. The people who work there are amazing. Um, they're totally organic, uh, and it's just a gorgeous place. And I thought they would be a wonderful partner for this because they are really committed to being a socially responsible business. And it's also really important to me to support, again, that local economy. And so I reached out to them to see if they would be interested in uh, joining me on this campaign. And they were really supportive. And I was uh, astounded by how quickly they responded. I know it's not easy for a business to be able to go and uh, give the go-ahead. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts when you have a small family-owned business or farm. And I was completely floored by um, their flexibility and their quick response. And so then I just started um, putting this out there, and I just started sharing it on everything. I, I did not expect it to take off whatsoever. Um, and I've just been absolutely thrilled with the uh, response that the community has had. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, instead of just painting, you're painting with a purpose. And I think that, um, I'm going to copyright that, by the way, <laughs> painting with a purpose. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, I think that what you're doing is transform something, put your heart and soul into, and then linking that together with a larger uh, a larger playing field, using that to uh, to help others. And, you know, for everyone who's listening as well, I think that this is, this is the kind of action that, you know, I hope and um, we want to inspire everyone else uh, that's listening as well. You know, just like Paris, you know, what you're doing here. We want people to do those things. There's so much talent out there. There's so many people that are waiting to help. And all you have to do is make that 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 interior click of, okay, I'm going to take what I have here and help someone else. You know, we have varied talents. You know, I think that there's, Absolutely. there's Absolutely. so many ways. I think that's a really key point there. It's like, what can I do that's... Skill set or what information or knowledge base do I have that's unique that nobody else um, really has right now? And how can I make that larger than myself? People, like you said, take that leap and take something that's really specific and um, personal and unique to them, and they expand that. And I think that's where uh, real, real change can happen. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there anything else? Um, you know, while I have you here. I would love to say, uh, I forgot to say thank you to everyone who has supported this. Um, we've raised $3,140 in just under two weeks. And that equates to about 80 families getting baskets over the next couple of weeks. Um, families were given baskets yesterday. And, you know, say on average, each family has about four people. 
people, you do the math and that's 350 approximately people. Um, and that's pretty amazing that people have been helping me with this and sharing it. And I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing news. Thanks for putting that in there. I'm actually going to, uh, I'm going to save that part. Um, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, thanks again, Paris, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the beautiful weather, and um, yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. That's going to be the end of our interview with Paris Myers today. If you want to check out her website, it's parismyers.com, and she also has a link to her Fundly website she's talking about, um, and you can find that as well under her Facebook page. I think we're going to be going on to our next part of the episode about our featured beers for the week. Welcome back to Corvallis News and Brews, where you come for the news. And stay for the brews. Well, Anthony, I'm thirsty. How are you feeling? I am ready to crack open this beer here. All right, let's see it. Here you are, sir. All right. Here I am. Right. Three, two, one. Ah. Oh, that's crisp. All right. Well, what are we drinking today? All right. So, first of all, let's introduce our tap house while we get that up there. All right. Um, we got Treebeard's Tap House, which is going to be on... The corner of um, Second and I want to say Madison. Um, it's right by the Peacock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you know where the Peacock is, it's right there. I apologize for those directions. Oh man, they but, filled these up. Yeah, they us. did. This is great. All right. Here's. So I'll go ahead and talk about this beautiful drink. This is the Black Apple Cider. It uh, it comes from Ben by the. One second. I don't... Avid. It's Avid. Avid. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Oh, well, you didn't know how to pronounce Avid. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce everything. Avid. Avid. Avod. You know? <laughs> Let's give this a shot. So, I love ciders. Let's see how we taste. Ooh, that's good. I like that a lot. Here, see, go ahead. Try it. it. Oh, Snapple. <laughs> that is good. Are you proud of that joke? Oh, no, I'm serious. I, I, I've i had a lot of ciders, Two Towns ciders and all that, but that is... This is very good. Whew. It's nice. Okay, I love Two Towns. I'm glad that they're a local beer. Or local, yes. local cider. Yeah. But they're just... This is really nice. It's clean. <laughs> it's different. Oh, man. Okay. That reminds me of, like, taking the best blackberry pie and the puckeriness of, a gr- like, the best sour you've had combined with this cider, this apple cider. It oh, is yeah. super drinkable, and I'm not. It's not on the sweet side. It's more on the puckery side, but it's, but it, it, you don't feel bad drinking it. Though. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You're not like squinting your eyes because it's so bitter and puckery. It's also not really sugary too. Yeah, because you know how there's like a lot of those ciders oh, where it's yeah. like, oh god damn, I'm drinking freaking yeah lemonade. Dude, yeah, maybe, maybe not lemonade, but still. <laughs> all right. sure, all the same. All, all right, right, so we got here. We got the Proxima IPA, Ooh. and that's gonna be from Modern Times Brewery. And it's, uh, I've never tried this one. It's actually, uh, it's got mosaic, comic, and Chinook hops. And it's got hints of mango, grapefruit, and pineapple. Ooh. So I'm really interested in this one. Yeah, that sounds like a good time for you. So let's go see how this goes. All right. All right, what what are we tasting? It's got some good foam to it. It's all right. You know, it's okay. It's a good good IPA. It's interesting. It's got a kind of... um, Hmm, I don't know what to say. It's like... Is it kind of fruity? You know, it's not so citrusy. Like it, okay. It's, um, 
usually like kind of an IPA has like these kind of citrusy hops, but this one's kind of like on the mellower side. But it just tastes. Okay, like is this a summer beer though? Yes, yeah, totally. It's total summer beer, and you can taste the pineapple right off the like the first taste that hits your mouth is pineapple. All right, I'll give you a try. Let me see what I think about it because uh, I'm the IPA. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, it's nice. Yeah, but it's not like it doesn't attack your mouth like you know that 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 IPA that busts down the front door like hey I'm here. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's a very it's, it's mellower and uh, you know it's it's something that's drinkable and very uh, very fruit centered. It's got a good fragrance too. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Mm-hmm. All right, well time for our last one. They they really hooked us up with three. Yeah, beers. they did. Nice. Were, thanks to Treebirds. Thank you. Well, I gotta give a special shout out to uh, not my hometown, but where all my family's from. Shout out to the Winans up in Hood River. Uh, this one's from Hood River, Oregon. Oh, down. It's one of P. Frime's family brewers, and it is the Mexican chocolate stout. Now, for those of you at home, I am just a slut for chocolate. Just happy to say it. Proud of it. Love stouts. Let's see how this tastes. Ooh, that's nice. That is just. That's everything I could hope for. That just hits home. Yeah, you're definitely a stout guy. Yeah, I love it. You don't like it? <coughs> not, not for you? No, I'm not the stout. You know, I like stouts, but I, I think it's just like a time of year thing. I, I, I really like in the IPA mood right now. It's yeah. so nice out. But. You know, a stout is great when you're just like sitting at a bar. It's kind of cold. You just get something warm and you get that heavy feeling in you. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I love that across the board. And this just hits the spot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's more up your alley. And um, but I gotta say, the thing that took the cake today was the cider. Oh, absolutely. oh my god! And I'm not a cider person. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I, t- I tend to stay away from ciders. And he, you know, when when he gave us a cider, I was like, all right, you know, what, I'll try it. But I'm blown away by that. Honestly, absolutely. that that for me was that was that was a winner tonight. Oh, absolutely, I agree with that. Mm. Oh, one hundred percent. That said, though, I'm gonna have a good time drinking all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so when we get back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about our first encounter, actually, at Treebeards. <laughs> Marcus is going to introduce oh about how we ended up at Treebeards. Huzzah! <laughs> and uh, we'll be back after the break, and we'll t- tell you a little bit more how that happened. We're live. A little bit we're, there, we're, we're live. It's okay. Okay. Well, welcome back to Corvallis News and Brews. Are you covering the news? Stay for the brews. Well, let's dive into one of my favorite college stories, shall we? Yeah. Got a question for you. You remember the Super Bowl? It was the Patriots versus the Rams two years ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. Remember how they had the Bud Knight character and he died? Don't they still have that? Yeah, but he died during the commercial. That's what made it so gruesome. Is oh, it yeah. Game of Thrones? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Well, okay. here's the thing. A couple of friends and I, as we're watching the Super Watch Super Bowl, watch Bud Knight die, and we're deeply hurt. Every year, Bud Knight is a legacy, and because he's dead, we went out and wanted to pay homage to our brother. Well, we decide on this crazy idea called uh, the Knights of the Thirty Rack, and we're sitting there like, man, well, you know, it'd be hilarious if we had a bunch of characters and we dressed up as the Knights and a bunch of different beers. We could have Sir Pabst and King Corona and the Rook of Rolling Rock. And all these other really shitty beers. <laughs> and we could just dress up like dumb knights and wear the boxes on us. That'd be so funny, right? Ha, 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 ha. Think I would never do it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, when I get a good idea, I got that good idea. And we're going to we're gonna do it come hell or high water. All right. So we don't forget about it. We wait about eight, nine months. 
It's October 18th. I look at one of my good friends, Trent, and I go, Hey, Sir Pabst, it's time for us to go on the hunt for the Magna Coaster. The Magna Coaster? What's that? He says. I said, it's time to raise the Knights of the 30 Rack. And he goes, huzzah! And I go, huzzah! So we started recruiting our fraternity brothers, our friends, anybody who'd get into it, including one Rook of Rolling Rock. Yeah, I was a Rook of Rolling Rock. <laughs> and as we're all getting ready, it originally started with uh, the three guys who really got into the Bud Knight death scene. It was, it was Trent, <laughs> who was Sir Paps, Justin, who was the Bush Berserker, and then myself, because I'm a pretentious douchebag, I was King Corona. <laughs> I'm very proud of that costume, by the way. I had a full-on crown. I had this nice, big, white, furry cape. It was incredible. And, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about the Rook of Roll? Yeah, so I, I, I uh, <laughs> in order to get this costume, you know, you had to get the case, you had to get about three cases of uh-huh. Rolling Rock, which just for your, everyone who knows out there, I hate Rolling Rock. You don't like peanut butter? I hate Rolling Rock. Oh, okay. hate it. It just... I, I just can't drink it. It just reminds me of like Rage Cage at a house. <laughs> that's all I can think of. I think that's everybody's remembrance. I think so. Rock. And you know what? Okay, that's fine. But <laughs> I just can't, I can't drink it. And, uh, but I was like, I had this idea. Like, I want to make a shield, but like of like the dead beers that everyone yeah. has had. So I took about 20 beers and glued them on a piece of cardboard and walked <laughs> around as a shield of like empty cans as trophies. Yeah. You wouldn't believe the amount of tension we got. It was great. It was well, great. Okay, to be fair, we haven't even told the details of the, of the fair nights. Enough, of the fair enough. Right. We'll leave it right there at the costume, and then we'll come back to your part. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, when you got to get costumes, where do you go? Yeah, well, I mean. You got a goodwill, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I bought a bunch of dresses, and I was like, time to recruit some knights. So Trent and I, we go on this quest, and we go around the we go around to all of our friends. We're like, hey. Knights of the 30 Rack. We're going to go do a bar crawl, and we're going to get every bar to sign it. And they're like, oh, that sounds awesome. That's way better than what I was going to do. So originally we were like, oh, we'll get five to six guys. It'll be super easy and super speedy, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I don't remember the exact number. Do you? I think it was 14. I, I think it was 14. Yeah. I, and it was like 15 with Lu- like with Lucy. Yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. the White Claw Queen or something. <laughs> no, she was uh, the... Oh, what was it? She's the Baroness of Basic. Baroness of Basic. That's what it was. Yeah, she's a white claw. That's what it was. It was so good. Yeah. But yeah, so we have 14 people. We're walking around the streets of Corvallis going bar to bar. And, you know, you get a few drinks and you, you're dressed up as a knight. You got to start talking like it. And I remember this one scene right outside of caves as we're on our way to Treebeards of all places. And as we're getting ready across the street, I remember I gave this big motivational spiel about how the Knights of the Thunder Rack... Ladies and gents, it is time for us to ford the great river of Harrison. It is time for us to stroll across these streets and demand, no, decree our success on the town. Oh my god. And I looked around to all of my brave knights and I said, Huzzah! And they all went, Huzzah! And we sprinted across the street into the unknown. And I, and I just remember we walked into Treebeards and we had 14 people. And it was like 9 p.m. Because you got to start the bar crawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I remember we walked in there and the bartender just looks up and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we just these 14 people come stumbling into the bar. and just like, huzzah! Oh, yeah. It is no. us on a Magna Costa quest. And just yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, you gotta explain the Magna Coaster. What exactly is it? Oh man, I still have it actually. 
The Magna Coaster is a document designed in order to ensure that all of mankind reserves our right to party. Damn. It's a very bold quest. And, you know, you got to get the local taverns in on board with it. Absolutely. So we went to, I think we ended up getting nine or ten signatures from ten different bartenders. <laughs> went to different bars and just walked in and said, Huzzah, brave madam or sir. We're here to get you to sign the Magna Coaster. And... All but one establishment, which shall remain anonymous, decided... Uh, peacock! Uh, <laughs> all but one decided to sign this document, and they laughed and had a great time. And I think we got we I think we got on three or four bars Instagram stories. Yep. Yeah, we did. We and, did. And j- just to give you the mag- like the magnitude of what's going on, and Mia, I just kind of stumbled in on this and made my costume. But imagine like fourteen yelling people coming into your bar. They're all in a good mood, too. Oh, yeah, I know. Everyone is cool about it, for the most part. Um, but I just thought it was the funniest thing. You just see this mob of people. And, you know, you get your, like, your Halloween squad. You, know? you get your, like, you know, your Scooby-Doo squad. You get, like, you know, your Rick and Morty pair. But then you have, like, 14, 14 guys that just rush in and yell, Huzzah! And they're all dressed as a freaking domestic beer or, like, uh, you know, one of those, those, uh, those little local, um, yeah, domestic beer. So just a scene of it going anywhere, you were recognized by everybody. I think my favorite part out of all of it too was the costumes themselves because it wasn't necessarily like these fancy store-bought costumes. Everybody finished their beers and then spent about two hours working on their costumes. So they looked like ass, but you could tell that people cared enough to try. Yeah, no, and the funny thing is you had to drink all that damn beer to make your costume. Oh my God. Yeah, so... <laughs> it was an investment. I spent a lot on lines to make those Corona's nice. <laughs> yeah, so this was this was an investment. Um, so there it is. I don't know if you had anything else to add to the story there, but... Well, the Knights of the 30 Rack did wonderful things, and I look forward to next year when we rebound and go on our quest to slay some mighty dragon, which I have yet to name. Yeah, all this from Bud, uh, Bud Knight. You know, you kill one Bud Knight and then... God bless Bud Knight. Yeah, God bless. Cheers to that. Cheers to Cheers. Bud Knight. Well... You know, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. But if you want to see pictures of what the Knights of the 30 Rack look like and are inspired to join our noble band, reach out to <laughs> us on our Facebook page or yeah. any other resource that you have in order to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear what your great night name would be. Remember, it has to be a beer and it has to be poetic. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>